Welcome to the Vortex Nation podcast brought to you by lovers of hunting, shooting, public lands, the Second Amendment, and good food. Okay, we've got Ryan Muckenhern and Ken Calhoun here with us. And Ken, welcome to the podcast. First time on here. First time. Thank you. Was it a bad idea to bring you and Ryan in here in the same room so close to one another on the same podcast? It's pretty close quarters. We're... uh... We're going to find out. <laughs> Ken, what do you do here? Uh, I work in sales, technical support, right. pretty much anything that's asked. And you sit right behind Ryan. Yes. And you fling things at him all day and constantly. I, I like to take Gorilla Tape and tape things down at his desk, too. Right. Impressive so, product. I'm... It is. <laughs> Better than duct tape. Gorilla Tape all the way. Interesting. All right. Well, that's good to know. Okay, so what we're going to talk about today is a little bit of a recipe podcast for you guys. Now, we've done Turkey Leg Street Tacos. That was an exciting one. But uh, one thing we did this time is, in order to keep it a little bit shorter for you folks out there, we waited a couple of days before we did this podcast. Last time we did the Turkey Leg Street Tacos, in our extreme excitement, we did our podcast immediately. So uh, you had to deal with some uh, crazed out turkey leg lunatics there for a bit. But we're talking about Snow Goose, a.k.a. Sky Carp. And Snow Goose gets a bad rap. It does. Right? Yes. So what's the deal with that? Why does it get... I, so I have a theory on it. And I, I, think, I think a lot of this is the same for any game that people hunt that they say tastes bad. And I, I really think it comes down to game prep. So you've heard me before talk about antelope and how antelope is exceptional. I think it's probably the best big game meat out there that I've had. But it's prep. So you go snow goose hunting. You're either doing this in the spring of the year or you're doing this in the fall of the year. You shoot this big giant pile of birds. You're out all morning. You've got those birds quite literally in a pile for several hours. You you huck them in the back of the truck. You drive to town. You get you know a burger. Then you maybe go back and and then you got to clean them all. And so, in the past when I had hunted snow geese, like we'd taken birds in the morning, we didn't clean them until like late that evening. Hmm. So anything that was maybe shot through the bowels had time to marinate, if you will, and it was not that pleasant. Much like you can marinate things in delicious you can do the spices opposite. and juices, yeah, you can do the opposite too. Correct. Okay. Um, and I think another thing, looking at a snow goose's diet, it's not remarkably different than a Canada goose, and a lot of people really like Canada goose. Um, and looking at, you know, like a, a mallard that would fly through South Dakota, it eats corn, the snow goose eats corn, mallards are delicious, People automatically say snow goose or not. Um, so I think a lot of it comes down to prep and, and care for it more than anything. I, I've, I've never felt it tastes remarkably different than any other waterfowl that eats grains and grass. So what's the, what's the for those people out there who haven't even tried it yet, maybe, what's the, uh, God, what's that word? Like the general feeling of what it tastes like. The, the, tan- I've heard the tangent. Oh, um, it's... I've heard... Yeah. Just kind of like... If I could assign... It's a darker meat. It's, yeah, it's, it's kind of irony. I'm not going to say like liver, because it's not like liver, but it's a, it's a richer taste. It tastes like somewhat like beef, maybe, but different. Dark meat on turkey leg with beef, like very lean beef. Hmm. Most of the time, I think people overcook it, so... Yeah, like medium. You yeah. want to cook a medium, yeah, which so, is weird for a bird. You if, know, you cook chicken, you got to make sure it's cooked all the way through. But right, that is weird because when we and we'll get into this too. When we cook these things, there's a little bit of pink in there. Oh yeah, yep. and that was the way it was supposed to be. It's very important. 
Okay. Yeah. So, all right. For those people out there who might be wondering too, so hunting snow geese, they're a pest. We were just talking about this right before we got on. They're they're a pest essentially. And is it farmers that don't like them because they eat all their the tundra too? They're destroying oh, the tundra yeah. and oh really? Yeah, they're just bad on the environment. There's you know really not a whole lot of predators for them. So that and there's just so many of them. Yeah, you know even where they do have like a lot of predator influence, like there's so many of them. And we're talking not thousands, not tens of thousands, not even hundreds of thousands, but tens of millions of snow geese that fly to. Like Kenny said, the tundra, and like there are not enough foxes, hawks, or wolves to curb that. Not even put a dent. No, huh? Jeez. Yeah. So they're displacing other species too up there that are native. Um, there's a particular type of sparrow in particular that I said particular twice. That's okay. But uh, people that are concerned about the sparrow that's being displaced by snow geese because it's eating it out of house and home, and like that sparrow's looking down the barrel of like endangerment and possibly extinction because of this. And there's a lot of other species up there too that are running into things because of large snow goose numbers. Hmm. So Kenny and Ryan here, I wasn't on this hunt, but you guys went on this hunt. There's a couple other guys from work that went on this hunt. This was like a weekend excursion. You guys literally <laughs> left after work on Friday and you <laughs> made it back in Monday morning before yeah. work. Yep. You went down to Flatland Flyways, Correct. right? Which is in... Hecla, South Dakota. South Dakota. And what time of year was it? This was in the fall when we, when we really hit them good. We went... A couple times now. We try to frequent flatland at least twice a year. So I did, did we do two fall hunts or did we do a spring and In a the fall? spring, we didn't hit the migration very well. We got about 20 birds. Yeah. And then you can uh, run extension tubes in the spring. But then in the fall, you know, you have to run a plug just like with hmm. ducks. And that's when we shot 197 in three hours right. <laughs> with, with plugs. <laughs> And so that's kind of where we had a ton of meat to work with when we made these uh, these snow goose. Yeah, we still have a lot to more, too. Yeah. We have a lot more. So let's get, okay, now that we've got a little background, let's get into what went into making, What do we even have a name for these yet? Snow goose? Um, let's, call them, uh, po- let's call them uh, popper, popper tacos. I like popper taco. It sounds popper pretty tacos. good. It's oh, popper taco. I like that. I like yeah. that. So, and this idea came about because Ken has... You have sort of a way of snow goose jalapeno poppers. Yeah, yep. And so you do that with like, it's essentially the same recipe we're going to talk about here, but you do snow goose and it's like some, was it some cream cheese and bacon and stuff? Yep, with a slice of jalapeno, wrap it in bacon, throw it on the grill. Throw it on the grill. And so we knew that being at work, and we, you know, had a little bit probably more people to feed here at work than maybe... Kenny had uh, in his backyard with a Miller Lite. Um, but so we had a lot more people to feed. And so we, we decided to do popper tacos where everybody could just toss all the ingredients into a tortilla. So that, and we kind of combined another recipe we got from a guy a while back. Yeah. Venison roast. Yeah. Or maybe not the recipe. We, we copied the idea on the prep. Prepping. Yes. Right. So we've got these, and you guys. Sorry, I'm a little bit all over the place right now. So, Ryan, you were mentioning that after you hunt the snow geese, you got to probably get them on ice, just like antelope well, right away. Is that kind of what you guys did? So, while we were much more expedient when it came to field dressing and then, like, caring for the animals, like, mm-hmm. I think when we when we had gone the last time, from the time we got off the field, I think we left the field at about, what, 10 a.m. We got it back to the hotel. Or, no, we did an afternoon hunt. We left left the field, got back to the hotel. We had the birds cleaned, bagged in the cooler on ice, like pronto, and yeah. like washed and cleaned and okay. taken care of. 
So, yeah, I mean, I don't think you need to take your fowl and, like, pack it nice when you're in the blind or anything like that. Like, as a duck hunter and a waterfowler my whole life, like, that's not a practice I've, I've ever done. But, but keep in mind, like, you're shooting something with a shotgun. There's a lot of pellets that go through there. There's a lot of holes. Like, the, the ability for the meat to marinate in that bad way we talked about mm-hmm. is escalated. So, okay. Just be mindful of that. And I bring that up because since we're talking about the recipe and making these things as good as possible, you should almost start thinking about if you if you're gonna eat these, which we highly suggest doing. Oh yeah. You want to start thinking about it as soon as you shoot them out of the sky. So you start there and then we went into again, another word is escaping me today, where we what's that type of prep called? Brine. Brining. Brining. Yeah. I kept wanting to say something else. Uh, I knew it started with a B, but anyway, so we brined it. What's the solution that we brined it in, Kate? Uh, so we took Mike O'Brien's recipe for the venison roast, which was a remarkable success. Uh, it is a bucket of water, a cup-ish of salt, and a cup-ish of brown sugar. I think he even specifically said ish. I believe in so. His, I, in his recipe. I feel that when you see all these numbers and like they're very exacting, somebody tried very hard to make it look legitimate, where if, if you call it out as ish... You know what you're doing. Like, you know you that'll work. It's cupish. Yeah. It's like a pinch. Yeah. 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 It's like an eyeball. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Excellent. So we got that going. How much was in there? How so, much snow goose? I want to say, what did you count? 32 birds? 30, low 30s. Yeah. So 32 birds worth. Okay. So we had a fair amount in there. Mm-hmm. And then that sat overnight. About like, 24 hours. Yeah. About tw- oh, so about 24 hours. And then when we got them out, we seasoned them. Yes, you're did we dry them off before we seasoned them? Is that, you, I thought we I saw did. You yeah, we, pat, we patted them dry. That's kind of a big thing because I think otherwise, like your seasoning salt's going to kind of melt. Yeah, and and maybe some of it will wipe off. And so no, we we pulled them out of the brine. We gave them a good rinse. Made sure that we didn't have any feathers. And that's another thing too. Like when when you're eating game, like you you wouldn't want deer hair in your sausage. You don't want goose feathers in. Goose meat, or and you certainly wouldn't like a chicken feather in your chicken McNugget, right? We only found one pellet, one too, pellet, which was impressive. did anybody bite into that? Or nope. did it no, just, no, just we found, found it, it during the prep. Yeah. Oh, okay. Kenny found it with a knife. Yeah, I didn't crack any molars on that. So thank God, that's not fun. <laughs> no. So we gave it a good rinse, then we patted them dry real quick. I mean, it wasn't like a the big operation; just paper towels and got thirty-two birds dry. It was two trays of meat. It was very impressive. The amount of meat that was there, I always like like that. I like looking at sizable amounts of meat on the tray before you start cooking it because it, it like makes you feel good. Like, oh yeah, that's it really gonna, does. It does. It's very satisfying. And then your secret seasoning. It's not so secret. I think I've talked about it even when we did the turkey leg street tacos. I, I actually use the same seasoning. Anytime that tacos, burritos, or anything with like a sort of Mexican inspired theme is going on, I bust out. Now maybe the secret at this point is still the proportioning, but it's salt, Pepper, a lot of black pepper. Everybody always underutilizes black pepper. Fools. Garlic powder, chili powder, chipotle powder, and cumin. Wow. And that usually that usually does pretty good. It was exquisite. Yeah. The only difference I would say is usually if I'm making like burritos or something like that, I'd put lime on them. But I didn't I don't know how lime would have done with this particular one. I don't think it would have been bad. We'll do it next time. Next we got a lot time. Of I mean, yeah, yeah, we got a lot more goose. We'll try it next time to let you guys know how it goes. But that was the that was the seasoning, and we pretty much we we got them pretty well coated. Oh yeah, before bringing them out to the Traeger where we had it at what was it at like two seventy five? It was or pretty so? yeah, low temp two two twenty five two fifty. 
between 250 and 275, I think. Because I want to say, yeah, we, we turned the dial almost like vertical, which is, which is I think, about 250 to 275. We had hickory pellets in there. Mm-hmm. And they went right on the grill. And we had, we had to stack that little thing because we were, we were using the little tailgater Traeger. We stacked them in there, and they smoke grilled sort of for... It was a lot less time than I think I, I had initially assumed. Same. That's what I thought, yeah. too. I mean, it was only like 30 minutes or I, 20 minutes. You're thinking, you know, when you think about this piece of meat, though, it's not like when you put a roast on there, that thing's like four inches thick and like this very large piece of muscle tissue. This is a, a breast fillet of a snow goose, which I would say is actually a little bit smaller than what you would buy a chicken breast in the yeah. store. You know, mm-hmm. snow geese, they're not very big. You're mostly shooting juvies, too. Yeah, correct. So young birds. And so it's a smaller piece of meat. It's, it was about the size of like a, a half a hamburger patty. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, a good way to put it. Yep. But we had like 64 of them. So every, it all adds up. Yeah. Every square inch of that Traeger's surface was. So they were on there for like 20 to 30 minutes, I think. Tops. Tops, right? So they weren't. And, and when we pulled them off, they looked good on the outside. Like they had a nice, they were nice and brown on the outside, but they still had that little bit of pink on yeah. the inside. Yep. At this point, I had briefly, I had to go to a meeting or something like that, but all I remember was I came back, and Eric, if only he could be here on this podcast today, was freaking out. I That's the only way I can put it. He was. And when people say freaking out, I think people use that term loosely a lot, but like actually, he was going nuts because we came back. And so on the side with these, let's just talk about that a little bit too. We had this, uh, we had our Nesco going where we melted down like Cream, yeah, cheese cream cheese and whipping cream? Yep. So we, we took, um, it was a total of eight blocks of cream cheese <laughs> and I think uh, a half a pint of, of whipping cream. And we put that in the Nesco to just sort of like all melt, melt together. Yeah. It was was about, that it? Was that all we had? That was there? it. That was okay. It. Yeah. So it was the consistency of uh, Alfredo sauce. That Yes. Yeah. That's how I'd put it too. And then, so we had that going in the Nesco. Then on our Ninja, which can sear, we had bacon bits, essentially. Yeah. Going. We we chopped up bacon and threw it in there to get crispy. And then we had also gotten, uh, we'd put some jalapenos on the grill for a little bit, too. And those were kind of like a little bit dark and charred around yeah. the outside. Chopped those up. So we basically had, it was almost like a mixture of what you, it's like something you put on a baked potato. Yeah. But it was all going to go into these tacos. And actually, the snow goose in and of itself was just by itself was delicious. It was exceptional. There were a lot of people that tried it for the first time and were asking where they can go shoot snow geese. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny because I think we even posted about it a little bit on the Instagram story uh, at Vortex and, uh, on our page. And tons of people were messaging in like, you guys, like you, Sky Carp, that's gross. You guys are going to get nasty food. And yet, all these people, like you said, tons of people hadn't even tried it before. They were just passers-by. Hey, want to try a taco? They had a little bit, and they were loving it. We, we Blown away. Oh, yeah. We cleaned out that supply of meat like that. Yes. So we're going to make more next time. Almost instantly. Yeah. Which is really exciting, because we have a lot of non-hunters at Vortex. Yeah. You know, just that, as many as we do have yeah. hunters. And And I think that... I think that for a lot of those folks, it's really exciting for us, especially, you know, we, we come back and we, we get to cook for, you know, a lot of anybody who will show up when you guys made the street tacos or when we did antelope a couple of times and venison and things like this. And so we have a lot of these people that this isn't really something that they're going to go do on a weekend like we, like we do. 
And it's always so great to see them first in line and like, oh, yeah. And coming back for seconds. Like, that is the most rewarding thing, period. And we, so, yeah. We've gotten a number of people, too, to just go out on their first hunts after trying oh, yeah. some food yeah. that we've that we've made, yeah. which I think is super cool. Everybody, I mean, everybody loves the idea, but I think a lot of people, it's just like, you know, they don't have time, they didn't grow up with it, now they work here, they walk by the lunchroom one day and there's snow goose popper tacos or turkey leg street tacos, or there's a big venison roast that somebody just threw in, you know, into the ninja or something yeah. like that, and they try a little piece, and next thing you know, it's like next fall or spring or whatever they're out there <laughs> they go on their first hunt because they just they like the idea of the food mm-hmm. and, yeah uh, and, and that's pretty sweet it's the best it is yeah it's super fun i mean hey that that's a pretty simple recipe mm-hmm. like we said i mean it, we we brined it really it was i'd say the brine was a huge help brined it seasoned it smoked it threw it in some popper tacos you could also do this if you're just sort of at home and not feeding a massive group of people as jalapeno poppers and just stuff jalapenos and throw those on the grill too. The one suggestion that we would make, if you happen to be in a location where there is no access to bathrooms, we would suggest not making this recipe and holding off until you find yourself in a location. And the the reason we say that is because we had, by complete unluckiness, we had all the water pressure in our building go out for a brief period of time, actually just in the town, essentially. Yeah. And so if you can imagine that, there were very few bathrooms open. Afterwards. None of the toilets. Flew. By the end of the day, there uh, were zero. Zero. And the next day, we had our grand opening. <laughs> <laughs> in which nearly 4,000 people showed up. Yes. Yeah. So... Not bad. No, it worked out really well. And Pop- the, the toilets did end up flushing. Oh, they did. Let's, yes, yeah. we'll, we'll make that. Clear, yeah. So props to Barneville for getting on in that. Fact. It. <laughs> in fact. Yeah, it was an awesome, awesome recipe. And we really did kind of pull it out of our hat, too, because uh, we thought about the logistics, as you said, behind feeding a large quantity of people. And, like, you get one popper out of, or excuse me, you get two poppers out of a jalapeno, cut it in half. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of jalapenos because it would be, like, Half a snow goose breast per popper, so you would need hundreds of jalapenos. Many. It not yeah, it wasn't getting inconceivable at the moment. So that that's kind of why that came up. We'll do again. We'll we'll make with other other game meat too. Curious to do this with things that are very non traditional. For sure, I think Eric was so excited about it too. He's trying to cut together some video footage that we got from it and put it up on Instagram TV. So. Folks, you'll have to if you're listening here, you'll have to check that out too on the uh, on the Vortex Optics Instagram page. So we'll try and we'll try and get something up that shows a little bit of the a uh, little bit of the prep, maybe some of the, everything that went into these uh, snow goose popper tacos. So, and would you look at that? We came in right at we're hitting 20 minutes right now. Pretty solid. Solid. Turn and burn. 20 minute turn and burn. That was about the amount of time it took to get this recipe off the ground. Exactly. Yeah. righty. Well, hey, uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Hope you enjoyed this recipe podcast for Snow Goose Popper Tacos. If you have any suggestions for stuff you want to hear in the future, recipes maybe that you'd like to uh, shout out our way to, to maybe try and do a podcast on, perhaps, we'd love to hear it. But, yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening. This is Kenny, Ryan, and Jimmy signing out. We'll see you guys next time. All right, that'll wrap it up for this episode of the Vortex Nation podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hit that subscribe button so you can always stay up to date on the latest happenings over here at the Vortex Nation podcast. 
Leave us a review or comment down below. We want to hear what you have to say about the show. Maybe what you like, maybe what you didn't like. So that way we can make these podcasts as good as they can be. Hey, if you were interested in some of the information you heard here too, but you don't want to go all the way back and listen to the whole thing again just to get out one little nugget of information, check out the link in the description because we'll have this in PDF form with uh, pretty much everything that we've talked about. You can also follow us on Instagram at Vortex Nation Podcast. We'll be posting about each episode released so that way you can go back, find these things, maybe grab a little nugget of information that you could take with you to the range, out in the field, or uh, maybe to the kitchen if we're talking about some good food. So again, everybody, thanks and happy hunting and shooting. We appreciate it. Have a good one.